Before we have Bishop come up, let's do our decree. I think it'll be on the screen. Today, we decree Jesus, the written word, is our salvation, healer, restorer. We decree the Holy Spirit is our transformer. Today, we activate our faith in God's sophisticated life of abundance. For all of the ALM family, we decree the four corners of the earth have been purposed, planned, and expected by God with 500 families of affluence to join this church. We speak to the north to give up families of power and influence. We speak to the south to give up families of brilliance and inventiveness. We speak to the east to give up families of, we said, I said the wrong one, sorry. Royalty and prestige. And, and now it's brilliance and inventiveness. Sorry, everybody. We speak to the West to give up families of kingdom wealth. We speak to the ministry and angels to go forth, prepare the way for ALM's ministry of engagement called evangelism. This decree, in Jesus' name, shall be established, and the light of God will shine upon it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have your Bibles? I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you all. God bless you all. You may be seated. Well, before you may be seated, let's welcome Bishop. Give him a mighty hand. It's been a while since he's preached here on a Wednesday night. Let's welcome him. Hallelujah. Sit down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Let's get it. Glory to God. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And uh, oh, praise the name of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. The God you serve determines the life you live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Um, Out. Um, I was thinking how blessed we are, Pastor Diane and I, every night when we do our decrees and pray and take our communion. We thank God for uh, the freedoms He's given us and how the door's been opened to us. The situation is that the church didn't take him up on it. And uh, the majority of churches didn't take advantage of the freedom and go back in church. 
majority of the churches didn't. But here's the ironic thing. While the people of the church refused to take advantage of the freedoms, the world did. When God opened the door for us to come back in the church, there should have been a stampede getting in the church because when he opened the door to the church, he opened the windows of heaven for benefits. But because the church did not take advantage of it, and the world did, and unfortunately a lot of the church joined the world, in taking advantage of the freedom. And the freedoms that God had opened the window of heaven for the church because the church refused to take advantage and come back to church. The world has tried to use those freedoms and it has cost her dearly. She's suffering dearly. This virus has taken a new step because the church refused the freedom of God and because the world took advantage of the freedom of God, what was meant to be a blessing has turned out to be a curse for many. God warned the prophets in the book of Isaiah. He said, I'll even curse your blessing. Yeah. And because of it, we're seeing a, a situation arise. Now let me share with you what's going to happen. From what we understand, Friday night it will go into effect. They've closed our freedoms down again. In other words, if we can come in this building, you will wear a mask. If you come in this building, you will practice social distancing or five, six feet apart. You will wear a mask when you walk out of your house. If not, your neighbor has the right to call on a special number and turn you in, and they will come looking you. That goes into effect Friday night. And so all of you precious people who are watching and you refuse to be in church tonight for whatever lie you told, you're losing the opportunity to be in church. Shame on you. Shame on you. We need to understand that. We need to understand it. Everything that God has is tied to the church. Everything that God promises is tied to the church. And when God's people do not take advantage of it, and the world picks up on it, then there's going to be to pay. 
So we see a rise in this now. Why? Because the world took advantage of the freedom. And because they're not saved, they broke all the rules. And now the virus is taking another step here. And yet the churches are still empty. We'd better learn a lesson, and we'd better learn a lesson fast. When God gives you a freedom, you better take advantage of it. When God offers you something, you better take it. If not, the world will take it and destroy it. Now, we don't know. We're staying in touch with all the authorities who've been on the phone today. So we'll see what's going to happen. Right now, we're good. Our local authorities have told us that we're good. We just have to practice social distancing, and they are once again asking us to wear a mask in here. So, praise God. But that's dark Friday night, the way things are going now. So we're losing what we've enjoyed for the last three weeks. We've lost because the people who claimed to be ALMers were not here. Because they didn't come and because they didn't join us and because the church down the street, those people weren't there and those people weren't there and those people weren't there and those people weren't there, but the beaches were full. Those people weren't there, but the restaurants were full. Those beaches weren't there, but the bars were full. We need to repent all over again. And when are we going to learn that when God gives you something, you better, you better embrace it with 100% or else the world will cause things to get worse on you. That's something to think about. We don't have the answers. We don't know what's going to happen as far as what the mandates will be. We don't know. So I encourage you when you leave here tonight, before you leave, take a good look at that cross. It might be the last time you see that cross without a mask on your face. How many of you know when you wear a mask, it, it confuses you? Isn't it amazing when you put on a mask, you can't see correct and you can't hear correct and so it might be take a good look tonight might be the last time you see the cross the way you see it and if they continue the way they're going we might not be able to be in the building. 
we don't know that. I'm not wanting that. Now listen to me. I'm a man of faith. But we got a world full of foolishness. Paul was in jail more than one time. He's a man of faith. But he was in jail more than one time because of the foolishness of the world. Hallelujah. So those of you watching, like I said, I don't know what lie you told not to be here. We know you're not here because you don't want to be here. But the price will be paid. And only those who have the right relationship with Jesus Christ are going to make it through this thing. hear what I said, only those who have the right relationship with Jesus are going to make it through this thing because this thing doesn't give up easy. <clears throat> those that are promoting it doesn't give up easy. And they watch us very closely because as the church goes, so they act. And if they think that they can control the church, God only knows what they're going to try to pull on us next. We're going to have to get serious with God. God's a God of love, He's a God of blessing. But if you don't take advantage of it, friend, the world will destroy it. We've seen it happen over and over and over again, see? Well, let's look at the word. I just want to share to let you bring you up to date that as far as we know right now, we'll be back in the sanctuary. We can't go back in the sanctuary too. We're back in here, social distancing. Everybody wear a mask, bring a mask with you. Um, we'll be back in here on Saturday, uh, I guess, and Sunday, and and uh, we'll take it one step at a time. And when you go home tonight, if you've got family members who lied and not weren't here, they lied about it, but they're not here. You ought to. You ought to rebuke them because they're not helping our cause at all by staying home. Turn to the person beside you and said, I'm glad he's not talking to me. And I'm glad he's not talking to you because we didn't lie. We're here. And God's going to bless us. Hallelujah. I'm going to get tough. I, you know, hey, I've been in this thing a long time. I was born on the bench, and I've been in it all my life, so I'm liable to say anything. I got nothing to prove. I just tell it like it is. You're a liar, you're a liar, and I'll tell you, you're lying. That's the reason some people don't show up when they know I'm preaching. 
because I'm nailed there high to that pew every time and they can't stand it. We got people that check up. If they know Bishop's preaching, there ain't no way they're going to be here. If they have to go outside and bust their toe or stump their toe on a rock, they are not going to be here if they know I'm preaching because they know I'm going to nail them to the pew. They know I'm going to get them. Hallelujah. But I'm not here to nail anybody to the pew tonight. Those people aren't here tonight. If they were here, I'd nail them again. They'd get it again, boy. I'd nail them right to the pew. If they were here, I'd nail them in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to keep nailing them until they learn to be here and sit in that seat on that pew every time the doors open. Praise God. Yeah, I'm sure when you go home, some of your family members are going to be hotter than I'll get out because they're listening. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You know, you know I'm talking to you. You know it. You're right. You know I'm talking to you. I love you. But you know you lied like a dog not to be here. You were so grateful when you had a good excuse. Hallelujah. Look at John 3.16 with me. After all that, I'm going to talk about for a moment the love of God. <laughs> wonder what people thought. Jesus spent three and a half years bragging on his father and bragging on how much the father loved him and how much he loved the father. wonder how, what those people thought after three and a half years now of him loving the father, the father loving him, and the father just giving, doing all this for him, and the father just everything. And all of a sudden, Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he says, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Can you imagine what's going through their mind? Hmm. God does love you. God's a good father. The Bible said God will chastise you with his word. I know some of you don't believe in chastising your kids. You, you, you convince yourself they're all angels and you just make sure they wear the right clothes to cover up their wings, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even though they are little imps and little devils sometimes. <laughs> but you ain't going to admit that. Well, God loves you, but he will chastise you. He will send you to bed without dinner sometime. Hallelujah. In John 3, verse, uh, let's start in verse 15. <clears throat> For whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the commandment, the light, the, the condemnation, the light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth 
truth or doth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Notice the word here all the way down there is believe. Believe. Whosoever believeth in him, he says there, should not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he that believeth on him is not condemned. Believe, believe, believe. Now look over there at Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, <clears throat> verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Here we go again from John 3. We go to Romans chapter 10. And the key word that I want you to see tonight is believe. To believe. If you believe, you can have eternal life. If you believe, you have everlasting life. He said, if you believe, you shall be saved. <clears throat> Powerful. And I began to study that a little bit uh, about believing. And I said, Lord, you know, there are a lot of people who are believers. But they're not living a believer's life. And I began to look at that and ponder that. And as I looked at it, I found out that there are three types of believers that we want to talk about tonight. There are three types of believers. Type number one is people who believe on the Lord Jesus so that they can have a free trip to heaven, all expenses paid. There are people, why do you believe on Jesus? Well, I, I want to go to heaven. Do you believe on Jesus? you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm a believer. I'm a believer, you know. Well, why do you believe in Jesus? So that I can get a free trip to heaven, all expenses paid. The only reason I believe in Jesus is I want to go to heaven. How many of you have ever had that question asked to you? Perhaps you've asked questions, asked people that question. Do you want to go to heaven? Well, the only way you're going to get to heaven is you believe on Jesus. And so people said, okay, okay, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins. And, and you know, and I ask you to come out of my heart. And Lord Jesus, you know, uh, whatever we put with it. We put all these little phrases with it. And the whole object is, if you believe on Jesus, you're going to get a free trip to heaven. All expenses paid. And they'll go around telling me, I mean, not coming to church, not living for God, doing all kind of bad stuff, wicked stuff. 
And they say, but I'm a believer. We see that on television all the time. We see it in all the time, the media now. I mean, Hollywood's full of believers. Isn't it amazing? They're full of believers. Just ask them. They'll tell you, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And they, all kind of stuff. And, and they let them preach in these believers' churches, you know, all this stuff. And, I mean, they're crooked as a snake. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't live for God. They use language they shouldn't live. They go places. And, and do, if, they're, if they're in movies, they make movies they shouldn't make. And if they're entertainers, they entertain in places they shouldn't go. And, and their remarks are used full of profanity. But they're a believer. They believe in Jesus because they want a free trip to heaven with no expenses. All expenses paid. I wonder if we have anybody in here tonight like that. I hope not. I don't know if anybody doesn't want to go to heaven. But there's a lot of people, the only reason they believe in Jesus is they want to go to heaven and they want a free trip to heaven without, with all expenses paid. That's all it is. So they have no intention of anything else. They just believe in Jesus so they didn't go to heaven. The second type of believer is the believer who believes in Jesus in order that their ticket to hell can be canceled. I believe in Jesus because I want my ticket to hell canceled. Canceled. All of a sudden it comes short of the glory of God to get, you know, the wages of sin is death. No sinner shall enter into heaven. All sinners are going to hell. Well, I'm believing in Jesus because I, I want, because, you know, I, I, I'm going to believe in him because I don't want to go to hell. You ever ask that people that question? It says, you know, if there's a heaven and there's a hell. These things are real, you know. And you know, when you die, you go into one or the other. And, and, you know, hell's a bad place. It's full of fire and full of ugly people. You want to go to hell? No, I don't want to go. Believe on Jesus. Well, I'm going to believe on Jesus. If I believe on Jesus, I won't go to hell. The third type of believer. The third believer is one that believes on Jesus by way of conviction. By way of conviction. Look at John chapter 16 with me. Hallelujah. Or you're quiet tonight. Could be the last service we can have like this. If you're going to shout, now it's time to shout. <laughs> You're going to say amen. It might be the last time you can say amen. We're going to be able to, we're going to be able to, your amens will be muffled under that thing. You can loudly proclaim it right now. You better proclaim it now, by God, because you might not be able to do it come Sunday behind that mask. <laughs> Hallelujah. If they keep going, you won't be able to clap. We can't hear you because you'll be wearing gloves. First thing you know, you won't be able to run because you'll be wearing galoshes. Then we'll all come in in those crazy suits. <laughs> Hallelujah. The third, the, third, the, the, the third believer is one that believes on Jesus by way of conviction. And John chapter 16, Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit. He picks up in verse 8. And when he has come, speaking of the Spirit... 
He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How about when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify Glorify me, for he shall receive a mine and shall show it unto you. Now let's back up there. This third believer, not, not the one that believes on Jesus, just to get a free, a free trip to heaven with, a, with all expenses paid. Not, not simply to have their ticket to hell canceled. But they believe because they've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. This word reprove here, it's an interesting word. This word reprove means to convict, expose, or to make miserable. You believe God will make you miserable? He will, man. To reprove means to convict, to expose, to make you miserable. God will make you miserable. Uh, when you, when those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, remember those, those third type of believers, those that are, those believe in Jesus by way of conviction, first of all, they find out that they have been convicted. They have con been convicted by the Holy Spirit of sin. They've been convicted by the Holy Spirit of sin. Secondly, the Holy Spirit exposes our guilt of sin. God not only convicts of sin, but he, he, that word convict, let me give you another word here. I'm sorry I left it out. That word convict also means to convince. So when God convicts us through the Holy Spirit, when God convicts us, he is convincing us of sin and then he exposes our personal guilt of sin. And then he makes us miserable in our sin. First of all, he has to convince you that things that are sin are sin. He has to convince you that's a sin. Second of all, he has to expose your guilt to sin. And thirdly, he makes you miserable in that sin. That is convicting power of God. Now, 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 now this is important uh, that we see that because many believers today, many believers still live in sin with no knowledge of sin, no knowledge of their guilt of sin. Okay. None at all. Most amazing thing, and we talk about it a lot, Pastor Don and I talk about it, pastors and I talk about it, We've, we shake our heads many times, and, and people, I mean people who come to this church, people who are believers now, my question is, why are they a believer? Is it just so they can go to heaven? Are they believing 
Jesus on Jesus or in Jesus simply so, so they won't go to hell. And you can do that. You can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can go to heaven. You can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ and you won't have to go to hell. That's true. That's true. But when we read this, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit and his convicting, convincing, exposing, see, and making miserable, he goes on to, to, to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit here. Because if you will allow the Holy Spirit to convict you, first of all, he has to convince you of sin. Well, the most amazing thing, I sit and pastor sits in my office, I sit in his, we talk about the people in this church who we dearly love, we care about, we dearly love, we, love, we, we give our life for them, we give our blood if we had to for them, we'll do anything for them we can. And those people, they believe. They believe in the Lord Jesus. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. They believe in Jesus. But they are living in a situation that sin. And we shake our heads and say, how in the world... Can they be a believer and still sin and still sin the way they're doing? It's very obvious to us because we're of those third, <laughs> that third part of believers. We, we know, we recognize sin. Pastor recognizes sin. I recognize sin. We recognize sin. And why in the world these believers in Jesus do not recognize that sin is beyond me. It's why, let me tell you why. They're either believing in Jesus because they want to go to heaven, they're believing in Jesus because they don't want to go to hell, but they absolutely have never believed in Jesus because of a conviction. They don't know what it is to be convicted by the Holy Ghost because it's a lifestyle that when you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost, you are not going to come on Wednesday night. You're going to stay home and lie about it because when you walk in here and somebody says something that nails you to the pew, that's the convicting power of Almighty God trying to convince you that the way you're living is a life of sin. You might believe in Jesus, but you're living a life of sin. And they don't like it, so they don't come. They stay home. They make up an excuse. They almost pray for things to happen so they don't have to come. Whether it be on Sunday, whether it be on Wednesday, whether it be on, my God, they're not, they're certainly not going to come on Thursday. They're not going to come on Friday. They're not going to be here on Saturday if they can help it. Why? Because they don't know what it is to be convicted they run from the convicting power of the Holy Ghost because they don't understand what it's all about. Remember, remember, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, it makes you miserable. When a man or woman of God is teaching or preaching the Word of God under the anointing of Almighty God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you can rest assured if there is sin in your life, if you're living in sin, I, I know you're a believer, nobody's questioning that. Jesus is busy making you a mansion in heaven. But when the convicting power of the Holy Ghost is present and it says to you, hey, the life you're living is sin and it's going to kill you. That's going to make you miserable. And when it makes you miserable, you better rejoice that one more time 
You can even feel conviction. Because let me tell you, the word says in Genesis, my spirit shall not always strive with man. I've told you the story. Many of you are new faces. But let me tell you, I know what it is in all the years I've been in. I know what it is for people to actually refuse the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. My wife can attest to this. We know what it is as pastors. We know what it is as Christians. I've told the story many times of an elderly man that I loved dearly. He was a good man. Good man, very successful. And when he was a young man, he attended a Pentecostal environment in which he was filled with the Holy Ghost and he, would, he spoke in tongues, he shouted. They said he was one of the greatest shouters. But something happened. Now you remember, I knew this man for years. But he walked away and he began to deny that. Remember now, he knew what it was to be saved sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, shouted all over the church. But something happened that he walked away from that. He married into a, a situation where they didn't go along with that. They were like those first believers. They just, you know, once saved, always in. And he got away. Pastor Dine was brought into the picture in the latter part of his life. And I remember he was dying. And we went out to his house to see him. And I sat there and I watched him. He was sitting in a chair tears running down his eyes. He knew he had gone too far. And he knew the Holy Spirit had gone from him. And there's no way. And he was just breaths away from dying. And I stood as a young man and watched him. And I watched those tears Hopeless. Hopeless. Because he had said no to the convicting power of the Holy Ghost for the last time. And the Spirit of God is withdrawn from him. And he was doomed. And he was damned. The second one, we were pastoring a church in the state of Mississippi. We had a situation there where there was an orphanage and an orphanage that was financed by the believers in the first category or maybe the second. But in Mississippi in the 70s, they would not allow the children of color in that orphanage 
to come to their church. It was their orphanage. They would feed them. They would clothe them. They would school them. But they would not, the people in that church would not let those And so, all the kids, the people, the kids, they came to our church. Well, you know me, kids are green, no matter what they are. We allowed all of those kids to come to our church, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious and saying, they all came to ours. The... Um, I think it was the head man, whatever it was. He had a daughter. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Her name was Melody. Melody would come to church. I mean, she was just gorgeous. All the boys, you know, they came to church just for... Well, back then, I did the same thing. We went to church for the girls, you know. We went, especially if there's one pretty one, all of us would go there and fight over her, you know. I said, I got Pastor Diane. She, she was the prettiest thing in the church. See, I walk in, it don't take me long. I've been in church all my life, but I've learned. I check it out. First of all, I start up at the choir and I go down and listen. Then I start looking. Then I start learning. Then I make sure I go to all the youth sessions. Then I make sure I go to Sunday school. And I'm checking one thing I'm checking the most beautiful girl in that church. And I said, I'll take that one. <laughs> And her pastor said to me, he said, you know, you've got the most beautiful girl in my church. He said, are you sure? I said, you better believe it. I've done my homework. <laughs> anyway. Melody was the, she was just a beauty queen. <clears throat> But Melody would not give her life to Jesus. I would go to her. I would talk to her. I would say, Melody, come on. God's blessed you so much. Why don't you give your life to Jesus? Why won't you just, you know, your daddy was a man of God and She wouldn't do it. I watched her time after time. She'd come. She'd come. I'd watch her. She'd come in. She'd come in late. Sometimes soon, but she'd come in. She'd sit right there. Sit right there. I meet you. Pastor Diane and I had gone somewhere. I don't know what it was, shop or something. And we were in our car coming back down the highway. It was, I had the local radio station on. And the radio guy, he, he stomped. And he came in with an announcement. He said, there's been a terrible accident. Melody was on the back of a motorcycle with the boy she had finally chosen. And they were going down the highway. And a group of them and cars behind them, whatever. But when he made the turn, that was gravel, and the motorcycle 
flipped. Melody was thrown off into a ditch. And she was dead. The man, I'll never forget, riding down the highway, he said, the news, been an accident. And he gave her name, who she was. He said she was a fatality. Now you think what that does to you when you have pleaded and you've done all that you can sitting in your services where people were getting saved, where people were getting healed, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, it would not move. But on that Saturday afternoon, it was all over for Melody, and she left this world. Friend, when the convicting power of the Holy Ghost is present, you better embrace it. You better run to it. <laughs> you better grab hold of it for all you're worth. I can remember another occasion when a gentleman would sit in our church in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I'll never forget his family. Big, they were active in the church, but he just he just come, he just sit there like a stone. Couldn't get him to move, couldn't get him to come to God, didn't want to have God, didn't want to get saved. But something happened. And all of a sudden that man came to the altar of the church and everybody just went, you know, crazy. But I watched him. And I came up. It was right there, and I came up. I'm right there. I watched that man. And he was devastated. He could not feel the Holy Ghost. He could not sense the presence of God. He was just there. Don't walk away from the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, friend. Don't you do it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Don't you do it. And it is those who come to Jesus and who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ through and by conviction that Jesus is referring to there in John chapter 16 when he said the Holy Spirit, see, he'll introduce you, glory to God, when you come by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will not only convince you of the sin that's in your life, 
He not only will reveal to you the righteousness of God, which is a way out of that sin. See, this man at this altar, he knew that sin was present in his life, but he didn't know, he didn't know how to get out of it. There was no feeling there. There was nothing. No, 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 no activity of the Holy Spirit at all. He didn't know how to get out. He didn't know. He just came to the altar. And I watched him come. That was not long the time he came again. He didn't know how to get out of his sin. He knew he was a sinner and he didn't know how to get out of it. He didn't know how to get out of it. Out of it. But Jesus talking here and he said, not only will the Holy Spirit see. Let's go back to verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove or convict, convince, expose, make miserable of righteous, of sin, because they believe not on him. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you shall see me no more. What are you talking about? He, 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 he convinces us of righteousness. In other words, righteousness is the rule for you to get out. Righteousness is the law that says no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven. But you try to get to Jesus some other way and you refuse to convict him by the Holy Spirit, you're going to find yourself at a sin you can't get out of. How many people do we know that are living in sin they don't know how to get out of it? They just do not know how to get out of it. But that's why the Holy Spirit is there. Once he, can, once he exposes your guilt to sin, once he shows you what sin is, he exposes your guilt to it. Now he comes back with righteousness and he shows you the way out. He shows you the rule by which you can be forgiven of that sin, no matter what it is, no matter how hideous it might have been, no matter how mild it might have been. It makes no difference, but whatever that sin is, he shows you a way out of that sin. And then he says of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. What does it mean by that? What does it mean? The Holy Spirit not only shows you what sin is, the Holy Spirit not only will make you miserable by showing you your guilt of that sin, the Holy Spirit will then show you how to get out of it. And then after you obediently get out of that sin, the Holy Spirit, the judgment of God, now shows you the rewards of being sin-free. The judgment's already been made. The judgment of God's already been made. If you get out of sin, if you're sin free, there are rewards that come with it. Hmm? See, the devil will tell you if you quit your sinning, what's going to happen to you? If you quit your sinning, who's going to accept you? If you quit your sinning, what's it going to cost you? If you quit your sinning, you're not going to have any more fun. If you quit your sinning, you're not going to have any more friends. If you quit your sinning, you might not have your job your own. Well, man, I, I can't afford to do that. No, the Holy Spirit, He shows you the sin. He shows you your guilt of sin. He shows you a way out of that sin. And then He shows you the rewards of being sinless. See? 
because there are rewards of it. There are rewards of it, see? But, 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 but we, still have, we still have these believers that, 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 that are frustrated with life because of their circumstances or their situations of their past. These are believers that are believing simply to go to heaven or believing not to go to hell. But when you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, you have to understand that your past, there's a rule, there's a law of Almighty God that when you are convicted by the Holy Spirit and you yield to the Holy Spirit, there is a law that says that your past is wiped clean. We got people in this church, you're having a problem with your past. We have people that are not here and they don't come because, again, they feel convicted. But they're fighting a battle of what they did before they ever came here. They're fighting a battle of what they did when they were a child. They're fighting a battle of what they did when they were a teenager. They're fighting a battle of what they did as a young adult before they ever heard about Jesus and before they ever came to Abundant Living Ministries and they ever got saved. They're fighting a battle with it and they feel guilty of it and they don't know what to do about it. But see, when the Holy Spirit convicts you and you yield to it, He shows you that God will clean your past and you will be totally free of your past. We have believers that see no way out of their problems. No way out of the problems. I talk to people. I say, I don't know how I'm going to get. I, I, I know you believe. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I know you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but uh, you don't know how to get out of it. You, you, you have problems. You don't know how to get out of it. You know? That's why pastors commit suicide. They don't know how to get out of their problem. We've got pastors in the pulpit who believe in Jesus simply to go to heaven. Pastors in the pulpit who believe in Jesus because they don't want to go to hell. We have pastors in the pulpit who have never one time sensed the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Pastor Diane can tell you we were in a meeting in uh, is it Virginia somewhere. Uh, Greensboro, Greensboro, North Carolina. And the denomination, the church we were in, the denomination then, it's a big denomination, big uh, Pentecostal denomination. And, and uh, they invited the, the, the local superintendent of that, uh, of that organization, the state superintendent, I have that was, to speak on that Sunday morning. And he's the big man. He's over all the pastors and everything. He's the, you know. And he got in the pulpit and he's preaching and he stomped. And he says, he was already preaching in a Pentecostal thing before he ever felt or sensed the Holy Ghost. And he was head man over that whole district, over that whole state. And he had to admit that he had never even felt the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. 
until years after he was already ministering. That, my friend, is why preachers commit suicide. They'll commit suicide because they don't know the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. How can a man stand in a pulpit and minister to many of them, have churches running thousands, walk out of that church, go home, commit suicide? Why? Because they're convinced. That it's the only way out of their dilemma. Friend, you can, the, devil, the devil will never convince you of that if you know the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will stop you in your tracks. He will not let a man of God commit suicide if he's ever, if he's there and he's a believer because of the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Here in ALM, the Holy Spirit is present for all of us. He's here every Sunday. He's here every Wednesday. He's here Thursday, Friday, Saturday. His convincing power is resident in the anointing that is in this church. Tonight, I want you to open up to the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Open up and invite the Holy Ghost convicting power to visit you once again. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how great of a believer you are. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. I don't care how many times you prayed in tongues, but tonight I'm asking you to open yourself up one more time and invite the convicting power of the Holy Ghost to visit you. Because there just might be something that's keeping you. from what God has in store for you. There just might be something. I didn't say you don't believe in Jesus. But something is keeping you from fulfilling what you know somewhere on the inside of you is your commission. Something's hold, holding back. Something's keeping the promises of God from manifesting in your life, whatever they might be, spiritually, socially, financially, materially, physically. Right now, you might be sick in your body. He said, he sent his word and he's healed you by his stripes, you're healed. But somewhere there's something there that that thing has got a hold of you and you just can't get relief, you can't get deliverance of it. And I'm asking you, beloved, to open yourself up and invite one more time the convicting, convincing, exposing, yes, and even making miserable, the conviction of the Holy Ghost one more time because it is only through the conviction of the Holy Ghost that you're going to reap the benefits of believing.
bow your heads. Father, tonight, we've shared with your beloved people, ALM, associates. Lord, I, I would think and I would hope that every person in this room, on the sound of my voice, believes believes in Jesus. But Lord, whichever category they have fallen into, they believe because they want to go to heaven. They believe because they don't want to hell. And all of us do that. But tonight, maybe there's somebody here who doesn't know what it is. to feel, sense, become aware of, be conscious of the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. The convicting power of the Holy Ghost right now. And Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you would show them that thing that has eluded them. from realizing it is sin. What they're involved with is sin. What they're doing is sin. What they're not doing. What they're involved in. Whether it be people, places, and things. But in your sight, oh God, it's sin. And maybe they've never seen it that way before. Maybe they've never known it that way. Maybe, Lord, it's been a life for them. Maybe they've lived that way all of their life. They, it's just life. They just, they just don't know. I mean, it, it's never dawned on them that even though they believe in Jesus, the life that they're living is a life of sin. Holy Spirit, reveal it to them right now. Secondly, Holy Spirit, not only reveal that sin, but show them their guilt of that sin. Let them sense their guilt of that sin right now. Let them sense their guilt of it. Oh, Lord. It might be in their words. It might be in their vocabulary. It might be in their social life. They might have been having conversations that Christians should not have. They could have been involved in things that Christians should not be involved. And Lord, they've never thought about it. It's just they've done it all their life. Their family did it. Their friends all do it. They've not even thought about it being anything wrong with it. But tonight, Holy Spirit, they're going to sense their guilt. Let them become so miserable over that thing right now. 
And then Holy Spirit, show them their way out. What they must do to walk away, get out of it, to be released from it. Lord, you're talking to people who have a life of sin. They believe, but they never recognized it as such. But tonight, Lord, you revealed it. Tonight, Lord, you're showing them, yes, they're guilty of it, but you're showing them there's a way out for them. There's a way of forgiveness. There's a way that they can move past it and away from it. And then, Holy Spirit, show them the joy. The joy of believing in Jesus through conviction. If you're here tonight, people just keep your heads bowed and pray. I'm old school. But you're here tonight, you say, Bishop, you know I've been in this church for a long time or maybe I hadn't been here long. I'm a believer. No doubt about it, friend. I wouldn't deny that. I believe you are a believer. But tonight, Bishop, I passed just wanting to go to heaven, not wanting to go to hell. But I've opened myself up to the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And the convicting power of the Holy Ghost has shown me some things that I've never really seen before. Or I've stumbled across them in the past, but I didn't pay them much mind. I didn't realize it. I just thought, well, that's just me thinking. That's just some preacher's take on the scripture. That's Somebody else's problem, not mine. I can deal with it. But tonight, Bishop, the convicting power of God has revealed to me sin, revealed to me my guilt of it, has told me what I must do to get away from it and get out of it and be free from it. And tonight, I want to welcome that conviction and I want to open myself up to it that the precious Holy Spirit can transform me, move me from believer one or two into believer three. For I want everything God has for me I want everything and I'm sorry and I repent of thinking that if I did it, I would never have anything. If I ever did it, I would lose everything. But tonight I repent of that, God, for I know that if I yield to this convicting power of the Holy Ghost, that my life will move into abundance, will move into an overflow of heaven's blessings. 
and Bishop tonight, I want to make that step. I want to make that step tonight. I'm ready to say yes to the convicting power of the Spirit. If that's you, friend, get up out of your seat and come to the front right now. I'm just going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you just a minute. You're not here trying to miss hell. You're not here trying to just go to heaven. But you're here by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And, and that thing that has held you down, that thing that has stopped you, that thing that has stopped you from walking in the abundance, that thing that has stopped you from walking in the overflow of God is going to be gone out of your life tonight. It's going to believe you tonight. Somebody's going to say, well, what makes you think that's wrong? What, why do you think that's wrong? No, no, the, the Holy Spirit convicted me. The Holy Ghost convicted me. I'm not here because a preacher preached it. I'm not here because my church says it. I'm not here because I read it in the book. I, I'm not here because somebody accused me of something. I'm here because the Holy Ghost convicted me. He convicted me of this. He convicted me of this. I never thought of it as sin before. I never thought of it. I never thought that I was guilty of something like that. But I'm here by conviction the Holy Ghost I'll wait just a minute maybe you've been in a Pentecostal church for years and you've learned to get cold to the convicting power of the Holy Ghost well so did that old man in North Carolina he learned to get cold to it but at his moment of death he couldn't say, God, I'm sorry on the deathbed repentance and I'm coming back. No, it was gone. He was gone. It was over with. There was no way back here, friend. There was no way back for him. If you don't do it tonight, friend, who knows? You might be like Melody. You might go down the same road you've been going down for years. You might attend the same places, but you never know. when there's going to be gravel on your road, friend. And what then? No sinners shall enter into heaven. Think about it. Open your heart up to God right now. Yield yourself. We know you believe in Jesus. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. So you're talking to the Holy Ghost now. You're not talking to Jesus. You're talking to the Holy Ghost now. You're spending time with the Holy Ghost right now. And I want you to begin to talk to Him. He's God. And I want you to thank Him that He loves you enough that He's convicting you of whatever it is. There is a convicting power on you right now. He's showing you sin. He's showing you your guilt of it. He's, he's showing you how to get past it and get out of it. And he'll show you the rewards of what you're doing tonight because things are going to get better for you. Things are going to get better for you tonight. For friend, your past can, believer one and believer two, you're believer three now. You're here by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You come to church. 
by convicting power of the Holy Ghost, not because you don't want to go to hell and you just want to go to heaven. No, you're in church because you're convicted by the Holy Ghost that you're supposed to be in church. You see, a lot of people are not here tonight because they've never felt the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. They're not convicted that they're supposed to be in church tonight, therefore they ain't here. Well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. My sins are forgiven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, 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 no. Friend, 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 friend. Have you ever sensed the convicting power of the Holy Ghost? You've never sensed the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. If you did, you wouldn't be sitting home. You'd be here. And because of it, you can't move into the overflow. You can't move into the rewards. You can't move it in into the abundance of God. You're suffering. You're struggling. Wow. Oh, yeah, you're a believer, all right. Yeah, but you, you don't know the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now that one more time, these people... can sense, feel, be conscious of the Holy Spirit. And tonight they believe in Jesus, on Jesus, through the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And from this night forward, their life will be changed forever. From this, this night forward, that sin... It's going to be removed. That sin's removed right now, right now, right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. I repent. I repent of that. I repent of it, Lord. I'm sorry. Forgive me for it. Lord, I, I feel miserable because of it. Lord, I'm even more miserable that I know I've done it. But I thank you that your word says, your righteousness, your rule says that if I'll repent, if I'll confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me. And right now, I confess it. I believe in it right now that my sin is forgiven. And I'll never have to worry with this sin again. I will never... Have to put up with this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm free of it now. I'm free of it through Jesus, through his word. He is the word made flesh. Through his word, he said, if I confess it, then I'm forgiven of it. And when God forgives something, he casts it as far as the east is from the west. Tonight I'm free by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and give him praise. Give him praise. You are free tonight by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You're free. You're free by the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You're free tonight. Hallelujah. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. By the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Now, doesn't it feel better already? See, there's a, there's a lightness that come on you. See, there's, a, there's a, a joy that'll come on you right now. Let the joy of the Lord come on you right now. Thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. 
Thank God that is resident now. Now that I've received him, I don't want him to leave. Ha, ha, ha. I want him with me 24-7. Everything I do, everything I say, everywhere I go. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't have a sin problem no more. Ha, 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 ha. Before when sin shows up, the Holy Ghost is there to convince me, convict me, and remove me right then, right there. Oh, he can't get into me. Sin can't get into me. I can't commit it. I can't commit the sin because the Holy Spirit got there first. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, now, Dorcas, get back up here. Get your repented self back up here and do something. These people are here, and we want to worship the Lord. Who knows? This is the last time I'll get to see their beautiful face, maybe. I mean, you know, they'll be all masks next week. I mean, next time I see them, you know, I don't know. Glory to God, y'all better get a good look at somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Dorcas, sing it. I don't have to tell you. Bring your offering, so you see. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't go sing it, sing it, sing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
now, now, listen up. Shh. Y'all not paying me any mind. Shame on you. You're a teacher. You know better that. Your students put to listen to you. Both you and your daughter too. She's a part-time teacher. They only listen to you part-time. I know the feeling. All right. Now listen. She's going to sing it again. Take advantage of it. Because come come uh, this weekend, uh, the ushers are going to be standing there all masked and all gloved. And they're going to say, all right, six feet apart. If you come down here, you go that way. So you better take advantage of it tonight. If you're going to hug somebody, you better hug them. If you're going to kiss them, you better go. Whatever you're going to do, you better do it tonight because them ushers come Sunday, boy. You're going to be six feet apart coming down here, walking out that way again, you know. And you can't stay in the, in the foyer and talk. Wear your mask outside. You got to wear your mask. Make sure you got your mask on when you leave here. When you come in, have it on. When you leave, you have it on. And remember, you can't be in a fort. fort. No, 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 no. That's, see, see, that's. So you better take advantage of tonight. Amen? All right. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful evening. Those of you that are watching, thank you for being with us. You be here and see how we handle this Saturday and Sunday, will you? God bless you.